Welcome back to Ravens Recap. It is here. It is NFL preseason back by, I don't want to say popular demand, but it is back after a hiatus from last year when we were trying to see if we would even have football and we got it back in all its gloriousness and all of its sloppiness, however you want to say about it. I don't know, Chris. What what were your was your initial thought of us getting preseason football back again? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Uh, at least if we're talking about the game. Uh, it felt like a throwback to the early two thousands Ravens. Um, my goodness, I mean, the big story of the game: six takeaways from the Ravens defense. It was certainly something to see in the preseason, but unfortunately, the Ravens only came away with seventeen points. Um, it, <laughs> it was just, it was hard to watch in some aspects. But yeah, I mean, you know, one one really great thing. I mean, not to be not to overlook, you know, from the actual game, um, there were fans in the stadium again. Like it was awesome to see people coming back to the bank. Um, you know, I'm sure. Uh, I actually haven't watched any of the pressers from uh, Harbaugh or any of the other guys, but I'm sure that they talked about um, how great it was just to see fans in the stands and and have people to cheer them on. Yeah, that that was cool to see. They did a couple sideline interviews during the broadcast. I think with with Dobbins and Queen, and the um, they asked him about you know how how was it to finally get to play in front of the fan base there. Which I mean, I guess they did get to do that for the Pittsburgh game, but you know, still that was just one game, so they really haven't had a, a taste of that. What it's like to play in in front of that Ravens crowd. So yeah, definitely great to see fans in the stands again, and definitely great just to see live Ravens football again man it was been a long summer especially for those of us who for whatever reason still invest ourselves in the Orioles waiting for some really good (laughs) some winning Baltimore sports again and the Ravens continued their preseason dominance 18 straight looked for a second like they weren't going to get it there I know someone somewhere was biting their fingernails about that I guess but (laughs) it's still you know it's still cool it still shows that they're you know that Harbaugh and the coaching staff has these guys you know they got a plan to get them ready for the the season and ready for week one yeah certainly I mean I think the biggest thing that that streak shows is just the the Ravens uh depth the quality of depth players that they have I think is um something that you can't overlook you know, certainly, you know, there were some players who, you know, could have played better. But overall, I mean, I think, you know, they had some key contributors, at a lot of position groups like, you know, the second, third, fourth on the depth chart. Right. Um, I mean, heck, man. I mean, even the uh, even the offense, while it was looking somewhat anemic in the first half, even the second half, like some of the second, third, fourth string players, like they were able to actually string together some really good plays against some of the Saints backups. So, yeah. So I think we do want to start out with talking about the defense um i think that you know despite the fact the ravens did win this game they scored 17 points i think a lot of fans will say the defense looked better than the offense in this game which i think is also expected when you look at the number of starters who played in this game on the defensive end compared to the offense i mean you had i think just dobbins bozeman and villanueva were the only guys who were projected to start um in week one maybe phillips if you count him Phil, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we talked about, we're not sure who's going to get that left guard start. If, if I guess if Phillips gets does beat Cleveland out, yeah. So yeah, Phillips uh, as well as a maybe. But on the defensive side, I'm pretty sure the whole starting defensive line did not play. Uh, Wolf, Williams, Campbell, Vets, 
guys. So yeah, none of those guys there. played. Um, but a lot for the linebacking core in the secondary, I'm pretty sure that was at least to start the game, the guys who are, are going to be, uh, lining up there on the first, first defensive play of the st- week one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had, uh, Humphrey and, and Peters and Clark and Elliot, all of them were in there for, I think the first series, maybe even the second series, uh, I guess the, those series weren't <laughs> very long. Um, but yeah, I mean some great play from those hey even uh Tavon Young was in there as well um and we saw a couple of plays from him which is great it's great to see him on the field great to to not see him carted off knock on wood uh so he continues to stay healthy but uh but yeah I mean some of the guys you know on defense I think that were pretty notable I mean uh Patrick Queen is is one I think that really uh, stood out for a lot of people I mean he just looks uh like he's added some bulk in the offseason um but he hasn't really lost any of the speed I mean uh I think uh Gary Sandusky and and the guys in the broadcast booth talked about uh, those two uh, uh, sequence of plays that Queen had where he he sniffed out that screen pass uh, was on top of that all the way and and then he had a sack of uh, Taysom Hill as well that he showed off some of that speed um, he looked he looked like a, a a new player honestly yeah and it wasn't just that uh, that new number that he was wearing <laughs> he yeah I agree he looked uh, he definitely looked bigger than last year um, and. The speed was still there. Obviously, Taysom Hill is one of the faster quarterbacks in the league, so uh, seeing him run down Hill on a scramble was extremely uh, positive right there. Um, and snuffing out a screen, uh, Ravens, we know that that's the, the play that is going to get them with how much they blitz. Uh, and to see Queen do that, that was good. Uh, he seemed more confident than last year. He seemed like you know it was obviously a small sample size and with where the Saints offense is right now with Kamara not playing and with Breeze retired and Thomas hurt like it wasn't like they were really he was really getting tested by all pro talent but still I mean you know he looked competent out there in coverage a couple a couple snaps I did see where the ball was around where he was being targeted so um it was good to see him do that, and uh, Malik Harrison also turned in a big game. Um, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure he was. Did he? He forced the fumble in yeah. the from yep. the first the f- drive. Yep, the first fumble that Elliott recovered. Yep. Yeah, he he had that play and and a couple other big tackles during the game. Uh, so it was really really good, strong showing for this young linebacking duo that um, we had high hopes for when they were drafted. Had a little bit of up and down rookie seasons, but first returns on 2021 look really good yeah yeah I think Malik Harrison had a pretty strong game um all things considered definitely run support I thought uh it got a little bit weaker I think when they started rotating in guys like um Anthony Levine uh played a few snaps next to Malik um probably in quarter two maybe quarter three well maybe just quarter two I think and uh yeah there was some some big plays I think they let up there but I don't know if all of that was on Harrison but uh but yeah he looked pretty good as well yeah, I mean, I think some of that was also just they were blitzing so much. <laughs> at, at one point, it was, I was just like, I think there was one drive where it was just blitz every play, and the Saints just kept doing screen passes to the running back and picking up chunks there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you did see some a couple big chunks of offense with the Saints, um, which, yeah, you want to get that cleaned up. You did mention that some of that Levine looked a little out of place, Uh Averick got picked on a little bit, but he had some good plays as well. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely wasn't a perfect showing by the defense, but I think there's you're going to see some growing pains still in preseason with you know they're 
teams are still getting players back in shape. Like you said, they're rotating players. You're not doing what you're expected to run in the regular season. So you don't want to show too much. Um, so with that considered, I think the fact that the Ravens held this offense to only 14 points and forced all those turnovers, huge positive for the unit as a whole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we go in um... – uh, maybe a couple other players we can take a look at as well. Um, one guy I wanted to really talk about, um, I, I've just been watching a little bit more tape prior to this, was Broderick Washington. Um, I guess he could probably got the start um, over Clayus Campbell, um, or actually I guess probably over uh, Brandon Williams. Honestly, he particularly surprised me. I, there were a handful of snaps that I saw from him. I just I felt like he was really dominating um, against a couple of guys on the line. Uh, I saw a few good snaps he had against uh, former Raven James Hurst. Um, he was uh, Hurst was having some trouble with, with Washington. Um, and there were a couple of plays. I think he was just able to get through some of the guard in the center, um, just beat those double teams and, and apply a little bit of pressure. I mean, he didn't hit home with anything, but he looked generally disruptive and was kind of um, you know having his way with some of the Saints linemen. I was really, really impressed with that. Um, I mean, for a guy who uh, he had that uh, issue in the offseason, that arrest for, I can't even remember what, and we thought, well, he's probably going to get cut. I don't remember, you know, what happened with that situation. I assume it's resolved at this point or it's it's going to be resolved. But, um, I mean, I think there was a reason that the Ravens, you know, drafted him and and then wanted to keep him. It's like he can actually be a a pretty good player. So um, I was particularly impressed with with what he brought with the first uh, preseason game. Yeah, the best thing you can say about the defensive line, in my opinion, is when I turned the game on, like I didn't, I was trying to see who was out there as far as from a starter's perspective, and the defensive line played like like it was the three guys who were expecting to start. Like they had penetration, they were stopping the, the Saints for um, small gains in the run game. Uh, yeah, I think Washington and Matabuke both um, very stout in run support. Um, and there were a couple times they did have some penetration when uh, Hill dropped back. So, yeah, I think depth there at that position, that might be the deepest position on the team with, you know, looking at cornerback is probably the only one that's a little deeper. So, yeah, that was really, really good to see. So the talk of the of the game yesterday was uh, Geno Stone, guy that we were really happy the Ravens drafted last year, but we really didn't get to see much of him at all um except for some special team snaps uh obviously got cut during the season the Ravens did bring him back but two interceptions on the game um you know interceptions in preseason are kind of sometimes they're just they're just smoke because you know like we said teams aren't running their real offense and you know Taysom Hill Jameis Winston you know not the best quarterbacks in the league, but still <laughs> you know I I think that the two interceptions that Stone did have um you know, we've gotten the notes that it showed his uh, ball instincts on display. Um, he was in good position to get both those picks. One of them was on a really bad overthrow, and the other one was on a on a tip drill. And he made a very impressive uh, sliding catch there. Um, that I think that was really really impressive game for Stone. I think he, he also had a a, a hurry as well. Um, so it's good to see what some of what he can do. Yeah, he he seemed to have a really good game. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but um, it's a little frustrating not having the all 22 because it's just it's harder to see some of the secondary play. Um, 
actually, <laughs> I know we were just talking, we were just talking before the podcast about how it's it it's interesting how they've tried to migrate the the system from that Game Pass used to be. It's like it's being migrated into the NFL website. Anyway, I digress. I was uh you know. Even without the All-22, I was trying to look back at some of uh, the game again uh, at the condensed film and just trying to take a look at him. And and yeah, I mean, he seemed to be in, in position in a lot of plays. I mean, I think in the two interceptions in particular, it, you know, he was just able to read the quarterback's eyes and, and kind of put himself in a good position. And that second interception where he made that sliding grab, I thought, um, showed a little bit of range too. I mean, it wasn't like he had to go all the way over to the sideline, but he was kind of around center field and, and had to, you know, cover a little bit of ground to be able to make that uh, interception. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you saw him kind of, you know, make a bunch of plays, and um, you know, I don't think he let anything get behind him. Um, he tried to keep, you know, keep everything in front of him. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think with with him and uh, Ardarius Washington also. Uh, playing pretty well i think it's going to be really interesting um what the ravens are going to do with the safety position um you know because we have jordan richards and i guess anthony levine you could technically put in that group although he's maybe more of a linebacker at this point in his career but yeah it's 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 going to be really interesting to know who the ravens are going to pick i think this uh this competition is, is going to come down to, you know, this next preseason game and, and the third one in particular. It's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, which is a, a great position for the Ravens to be in, um, especially with all the questions that you the Ravens had at safety for a couple seasons. Um, you got Clark and Elliott, and you got these two guys who have, a you know, bring up depth behind them. So that was a really big positive takeaway from that game was seeing both of them go in there and have uh, really strong games. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Washington. He obviously didn't have interceptions, but there were definitely some uh, some big plays that he made as well. And Brandon Stevens, too. I mean, I know during the broadcast that we're talking about him a lot. Also looked pretty good. Particularly, I think... Uh, I think I don't remember who brought this up, but uh, somebody had said like there was a a play where I think uh, Stevens was on the guy in the slot, and you saw him move even before his receiver moved. And so you know that's just kind of one of those things you look at and like okay, well he recognizes the play, he knows that his guy is going to be in motion even before it actually happens. Like that's you know that's film study, that's that's preparation. So, but yeah, I mean Stevens, Stone, uh, Washington, I thought all had uh, all had pretty good games. Yeah, it was a really good showing for for all the the rookies on the defense. I felt moving to the linebacker core. I thought Owe, although he only had one tackle, um, he was in there on a on a pressure. He, don't, he didn't get the sack, but he was uh, in the backfield on one of the plays. Um, he had a, uh, some. There were some good plays where he set the edge well. I felt, and maybe he wasn't the guy who made the tackle, but he helped uh, stifle the run and put the play to an end and. Hayes showed some flash as well in rushing the passer and in run support as well. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that either of them had like huge games, but you definitely saw some flash from both of them. And uh, I think really excited to see more from them as the preseason goes along. Yeah, I think in particular, um, they must have wanted to get a lot of snaps for Owe. I think he was playing maybe into the third quarter. Um, he was playing quite a bit, I think. Dalen Hayes, I think... Probably used a little bit more sparingly. I, I don't have the uh, snap count. Yeah, I think Hayes entered the, later in the game. But yeah, Oi was, was there for, for most of the first three quarters. Okay. Did you see his special team snaps? I did, yeah. yeah he was. Did you, did you know where he lined up? He lined up as Gunner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that is, that's one of those things you're probably never going to see um or if you do it's going to be quite rare uh to see uh, an outside linebacker defensive end line up as a gunner on special teams <laughs> um and like he got by both of his guys it wasn't like he was you know stuck there on the edge 20 yards behind like he was there when the returner uh fair caught the ball so <laughs> i mean he's got strength he's got speed um that's pretty amazing yeah you know i think i think part of why he he looked as good as he he did was because you know there's been a lot of questions on this guy from outside the ravens as to why they they drafted him as high as they did and i've seen one article i didn't click on it but it showed that that he, he was the some analyst somewhere said that he has the highest bust potential of any first round pick this year Just, one person's opinion who knows what that matters but um yeah i mean he looks he looked like uh pretty good out there to to me um like i said run support was good and i think you know what's what's interesting about him is he's a big guy but you can he's lean it looks like he's got he's pretty lean for someone at that size obviously that feeds into what he's able to do um speed wise so I think that he's going to have a big impact on the defense this year. It looks like the Ravens are already trying to get him really involved in this preseason. So that's looking like they're they've going to have a big role for him in the defense this year. I did find it interesting, still talking about the linebackers, uh, LJ Fort was in the game for pretty much the whole the entire time. Um, I, I still saw him taking snaps in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know if that was just because... <laughs> there's not enough depth at that specific position for him or if the Ravens want to see more from him, if he's a bubble guy with all these young linebackers there. But uh, that was a little surprising to see LJ Fort play as deep into the game as he did with his veteran status. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, I have to imagine at the very, is he third, third linebacker, third inside linebacker? Is he the fourth? I don't know if Chris, I would, I would have to think he'd be ahead of Chris Board. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I guess the the aim this year is to have Queen and Harrison as the starters. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation with that is. Um, I mean, I do know that. Um, I think Anthony Levine and uh, even for some snaps, it almost looked like Jordan Richards was almost playing that dimeback role, um, which I thought was a little interesting. I, I hadn't really seen him do that before. Levine, I, we've definitely seen him do that quite a, uh, quite often, but. Um, for the saps that I was looking at uh, when they were kind of in that role, uh, I think they were next to uh, they were either next to Harrison or or Queen. I think on on those snaps, um, they didn't really look too effective to me. Um, I think Levine in particular, he was um, I think came up and blitzed the line or something, and um, he got absolutely zero pressure. Um, one of the plays I think in particular was he was next to Harrison and. I think Harrison was sort of taking up a lineman and, and uh, Levine was also blitzing a, a guard or something. And uh, that was the one play that was the first uh, touchdown, I believe the Saints got. And I just, I was a little surprised like Levine, I thought it would have to stay back or, you know, help contain, keep the running back inside. Um, but he just sort of like blitz a, a guy and almost didn't pay attention to it. So um, I was particularly surprised. Um, I mean, Levine's one of those guys, I mean, he's a vet. I mean, he's, been here a, a long time like I would have um I, I probably would have expected him to kind of make that play but it makes me a little uh curious of of whether you know some of these other guys behind him like are we going to have enough depth where he becomes a luxury piece that we just don't need um Jordan Richards as well it's you know if we have you know 
Stevens and Stone and, and even Washington, if these guys, you know, play consistently well for the next two preseason games, uh, Levine and Richards, we may not need them. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It will be. Yeah, I'm looking at Anthony Levine right now. I mean, I didn't realize that he's 34 years old right now, which is older than you would expect. He's been on the Ravens since 2012. So part of that could just be, you know, age finally creeping up to him and, you know, not as quick there to, to make that play. Um, and, you know, whether it's this year or next year, the Ravens are going to be wanting to look for a replacement for that uh, position. So, um, yeah, definitely something to, to keep an eye on, especially with the strong play that the, that the younger guys had. All right. So moving on to the offensive side of the, of the football, um, this one is a little harder to, to judge for what are we going to expect to see from the Ravens that the start of the season, right? In the Monday night game against the Raiders, we already talked about it, that Lamar didn't play, uh, Gus Edwards didn't play. You had no Andrews, Watkins, Hollywood, or Bateman. And offensive line had Bozeman at center, Villanueva at right tackle, and you had Phillips moving around as well. And we're not sure yet if Phillips is going to be a starter. So the offense was... Uh, it was tough to watch. <laughs> it was tough to watch last night, but I think that th- this is not the offense that we're going to see in week one. That's the biggest thing to, to take away from that. But um, I think there's still a lot we can learn from individual performances of players uh, as far as what they might be able to bring to the team in, you know, more of reserve roles for a lot of these guys, but, uh, you know, could still have to step up and have a big game if you know an injury happens or something like that yeah yeah I think the the first thing to probably talk about and I'm sure a lot of fans are probably talking about this is um who's going to take the QB2 spot behind Lamar and I think it's still uh it's still a toss-up at this point I mean McSorley looked okay I think in his uh first half of play um he had that interception which you know, probably could have been prevented. Um, other than that, it, you know, he was just under duress. I think for a lot of the first half, you know, he had a, you know, he got caught um, in the pocket a few times, uh, but he did escape. It kind of showed off his his ability to scramble and pick up the first down a few other times. So that was nice. Overall, he made some good throws, I think. But that being said, missed a few as well, and just, you know, overall, just wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't great, but it's hard to all put it all on him, right? But Huntley, you know, when he came in against the you know second and third stringers for the Saints, he looked a lot better. I mean, the offense, I think, you know, as a whole, kind of looked better uh, in that half. And um, you know, he he hit a few more passes. He obviously showed off his uh, you know ability to scramble is is almost as good as what Lamar brings to the table. I think they're very very similar players, but. Um, I think the biggest thing with Huntley is, is one with the ball security. I mean, he had that fumble where he took off. He didn't protect himself. Lamar, you know, he would do that. That was a big thing, and and just in general as well. Like, I feel like Huntley and McSorley, they're just they're inaccurate in different ways. I feel like with McSorley, he's more likely to not have um, enough power behind his throws and just not get him to the right place. Whereas Huntley, he's, I mean, he has the arm strength to, to make some of these plays, but he just doesn't have enough accuracy to put them in the right place. I think the one great example was that uh, scramble. He's rolling out to his right, and then he found uh, Tylen Wallace on the sideline, and he just let him 
you know, a few feet out of bounds. If he would have put that in a better place, that would have been an amazing catch by Wallace. So yeah, all in all, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I agree with, with pretty much everything that you just said about, um, about both these quarterbacks. Uh, I did see some takes where, you know, some people thought that Huntley, uh, got the leg up after this game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say again, like you said, you know, McSorley went against more of first and second stringers and then Huntley was in the second half of the game. I think it'll be interesting to see if they, um, if they let Huntley start the game, uh, this next one coming up and have McSorley back up. Assuming Lamar doesn't, doesn't start the game. I don't know yet if they're planning to have Lamar play, um, next week or not, but I think he put it very well with that. Both of these guys have weaknesses in different areas. Um, McSorley, his athleticism is not on the same page as Lamar and, and Huntley, but there are times where, you know, he seems to know what his limitations are, except for, you know, like we said, that throw that he made was way off on that interception. That was probably just end of the half trying to, to force something there. Um, right. And Huntley, yeah, the ball security, is, it, was, it was a big issue if he has to play uh, extended time um, for whatever reason during regular season. Yeah, it's definitely something still to watch. And uh, hopefully Lamar just stays healthy and doesn't get COVID <laughs> again. But yeah, it, it was also really hard to judge because the offensive line was just really giving them, uh, particularly McSorley in, the, in the, the first two quarters, just no time at all to really uh you know establish anything in the pocket and let plays develop downfield i mean he had to get the ball out really quickly i feel like that's kind of the one thing that that makes me pull for mcsorley a little bit more is that if the ravens you know were down you know let's let's say lamar you know isn't able to make a game either he's out because of an injury or or something else right and then somebody has to take in the snaps a, a guy like mcsorley i feel like is a little bit a little bit stronger, I think, in the pass, like in the uh, ability to pass the ball to make the throws that he needs to make. It's like he's a, has a little bit of a leg up, I think, over Huntley. And so, you know, if teams put the Ravens in a position where you need to make those throws, I feel like McSorley might be your better bet. Although when Huntley's in, I think everybody recognizes, look, he's just Lamar Light. <laughs> right so like you can play the same offense you can do the same things but i just get worried of like i think back to like the bills game or you know the titans game from 2019 where it's like these defenses are forcing the ravens to not play the offense that they want to play they want to you know they want to make these quarterbacks throw and just seeing from huntley his his accuracy is just all over the place unfortunately he's he's got the arm strength but is he going to be able to improve on his accuracy significantly to really take that two spot it's um it's uh, yeah like i said i i don't i don't know it's it's a really it's a really interesting trade-off and i think either way the ravens are going to have to make a bet uh, unless unless they do what our our friend jason said in the last pod and they just keep both in which case you know now you can choose uh, on a game-by-game basis who you want to go with (laughs) oh man yep Backup quarterbacks, it's like car insurance. You want to do all your research, make sure you make the right pick, but pray to God that you don't need to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. With the quarterback play um, on Saturday night, it did make it a little difficult to 
gauge some of these pass catchers that we wanted to see more of. You know, we were talking last episode about how James Prochet is having a, a great camp, and we really wanted to see what he would do under the lights. Uh, Tassan Williams, they just drafted. Um, Josh Oliver, we've been talking about how he has a lot of potential. And I think we saw some things. We, we did see some things. We talked about um, the play where Huntley had Williams deep, and he just led him too far. Um, I, you know, I, I thought on that play that Williams made a heck of an effort on a, on a ball that was inaccurate. Um, and if, if it had just been even just like, maybe like a couple inches further to the left, maybe he has a chance to get that second foot down, which would have been an excellent play. I don't know, but, um, I thought that was a good play. It at least showed some of what he can do on when a play breaks down. Um, and then, I thought we got to see a lot of Josh Oliver. They they um, targeted him a lot. They didn't really ask him to do terribly much with what he they did do. A lot of his catches were on um, play-action bootlegs. Um, he did have an op- opportunity to get, I believe it would have been a, a third-down conversion, um, and just lost a jump ball to the safety. Uh, he came up weak and, and just let the safety knock the ball out of his hands. You want to see him make that play. But as for a guy that you're expecting to be your third tight end, I thought Oliver had a, had a solid showing on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he had some good plays. Another guy, too, um, Devin DuVernay, I thought, looked pretty good. I mean, that uh, uh, jet sweep play early on, I mean, one, I mean, obviously shows off his speed, but two, I think um, he had a little kind of stutter step in there to kind of uh, throw the cornerback off, and he was able to pick up a few yards after that. I mean, uh, gosh, I mean, for a guy who's like, you know, he, he physically looks like, you know, one of the larger receivers that we have. I mean, he's just so, like, well-built, right? I mean, for a guy who's just like that, it's just it is amazing. I think to me that he has that speed, and then also had like that little, you know, the little extra move, that little agility, that stutter step, of you know, it's it's almost like Lamar esque, you know, um, it's just the ability to do that. Um, but I mean, even aside from that too, I think he had a few other um, uh, catches in the game as well. I know he had one. I think it was like a curl route or something um, coming back to the quarterback to be able to get that. That was nice. So yeah, I mean, I thought overall he was pretty strong. But yeah, one I'll say one guy who I mean, I'm not sure if most Ravens fans knew this guy's name. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent, but uh, Tyson Williams, uh, who was the running back, I think for most of Q2 and and maybe the third quarter as well at Q3, he had a heck of a game. I thought, um, you know, I mean, I, I think the. You know, like I said, the 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 O line I think seemed to get a little bit better once the Saints started putting in their second and third uh, stringers. So he a- had some pretty good rushes in, in that second half. But um, I think he probably had one of the best plays in the first half, um, where he caught a, a pass from McSorley and was able to make a guy miss, cut up field for about a fifteen you know, 18 yard uh, catch, get out of bounds with six seconds left. The Ravens were able to make two more plays and then kick a field goal before the half. It was 14 to nine. Um, that was a fantastic play. And and obviously heads up for him to be able to recognize, like once he made it past that defender, get up field, get as many yards as he can, but then get out of bounds, right? Very smart play. Um, and so, you know, I, it would be interesting if, if he, you know, could continue to build off of this and, and make the Ravens consider to, at the very least, bring him back for the pro- practice squad, but maybe even a, an active roster spot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this seems to happen a lot with the Ravens. You had Bobby Rainey a few years ago who, you know, made some of the Ravens teams before bouncing around the league as an undrafted guy. Gus Edwards, obviously, a couple years ago was 
uh, had an impressive preseason, played his way into a big role in the team. Um, yeah, I think Williams, he, 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 he looks like an NFL back. Like, he has a build that looks like a strong runner. And, yeah, he had that play that you talked about and just looked very confident running, rushing the ball, uh, had some good moves. Um, granted, yes, it was against the a lot of the guys on that defense are probably not making the team, but definitely some potential there that will be interesting to see in the coming preseason games if he's able to build on that. Um, I think you're you're right. He looks like a guy that the Ravens might would try and stuff on a, on the practice squad, um, and you may maybe put some pressure on Justice Hill because Hill, um, you know, he's got potential. He didn't really flash much at all um, in this game on Saturday, and. Williams, you know, we said he had a good get day receiving. Um, so maybe, maybe if he does well enough, maybe he's even pushing Hill for the number three running back position. I could see that being a possibility as well. I do have to laugh here a little bit on ESPN. It's preseason for the web developers as well, I guess. You got, I, I'm not sure if, if Williams had 10 carries for 42 yards or 10 carries for 41 yards because they've got him listed twice. Although one of the links is to, uh, for Tremont Williams, retired NFL cornerback. So uh, <laughs> it's a little bug there they got there. <laughs> so Yikes. Yikes, man. Puts everything it's in perspective. Like, yep. It's preseason for everyone. <laughs> well, I guess we do have to talk a little bit about the offensive line as well, which seems to be a, a yearly tradition here. The Some aspect of the offensive line, you know, is always giving Ravens fans and beat writers concerns about the upcoming season. Um, I was reading some camp reports going into this game where some guys were going so as, as far to say that the offensive line, like if if the offensive line as they were practicing, you know, the five they would had out there in training camp with Lamar, if, if they had to use that offensive line, the Ravens wouldn't even win five games this year. And I think that's hyperbole because, you know, with Lamar, the Ravens, you know, are, he can make the offensive line look a lot better than they are. But I do think the reports from camp were pretty accurate in that, eesh, the the current the, uh, configuration that they put out there on Saturday did not look good. Yeah. Well, on the bright side, at least the Ravens haven't had to resort yet to throwing in their position coaches to play O-line. Like, uh, you hear that report coming out of, I think it was the Giants training camp. Oh, really? I did not <laughs> yeah. hear about that. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they didn't have enough linemen to play, so they had to have a coach suit up. Um, <laughs> so, at least we're not in that position. But yeah, that being said, uh, definitely agree with you. Um, and, and it wasn't it wasn't even one configuration that the Ravens had that was bad. I mean, they tried a lot of different things. I mean, I think to start, Phillips was left tackle. Ben Powers was uh, the left guard. McCarry was the right guard. And obviously, Bozeman and Villanueva got the start. The next configuration, I believe Powers was right tackle. McCarry was left tackle at some point. And then Phillips was presumably, I guess, the left guard at that point. Um and yeah, they were just kind of like all over. So some of these guys got to start on <laughs> multiple spots on the line. But yeah, it was it was a little rough. Um, I, I think for me, I was a little surprised. Um, Bozeman, to me, did not look very good in his snaps at center. Um, he got pushed back on a few uh, pass plays by uh, some of the interior linemen on the Saints. Just didn't seem to be getting too much of a push. But then again, like, you know, having McCarry and having Powers next to him, like, I'm not sure how much kind of played into that, but... 
Um, it, it looked a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, for me, like Powers in particular, I thought did not have a good game at all. Thinking about it, I guess this is kind of how his career has kind of been up to this point of like just not showing much in training camp and preseason, and then eventually, out of desperation, like kind of has some snaps where he's competent in the regular season. Maybe that might be what's happened here, but I mean, Wolf, he just, I thought when he was at guard, he was okay. At right tackle, he does not belong at right tackle, in my opinion. Um, it's just, he was having a lot of trouble getting his feet set and in the right position, be able to make blocks. Um, it, it looked a little rough. But then again, the guy who played after him at right tackle, Andre Smith, also did not look good at all. Like, I mean, I was looking at his sequence of plays in quarter two where, um, he was just getting beat constantly by a guy just speed rushing around the edge. Like he literally could not like get to him fast enough. Fortunately, McSorley was able to get the ball away, but um, I mean, he just he didn't look like he was blocking anybody. It was amazing. So um, I don't know. There were a few guys I think that I, I was looking at in particular with my most recent rewatch. But um, yeah, I think for a lot of these guys, it's just like you know. They got to work on making the blocks. They got to work on their footwork. Um, you know, obviously having more time to gel and and with all these schemes and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. Were there was was there anybody that I guess maybe that you saw that might have like a positive spin or anybody that I didn't mention that uh, also played poorly? <laughs> um. Oh man. Yeah. I I unfortunately did not get a chance to do any rewatch before this, but I yeah I tried to watch the offensive line more um when the game was going on than the position groups just because i know it's always you know the tougher group to remember what happened with but yeah it just felt like any time I, I zeroed in on any one offensive lineman um that it just didn't look good <laughs> and uh, you know dobbins is an explosive back he only got three carries uh on on the game and he didn't gain a single yard like that's not good. This guy averaged six yeah. yards per carry, and the line wasn't able to give them any hole at all. Um, you know, we talked about how McSorley had no time. The only other guy I would bring up was uh, we did get to see some of Ben Bredersen, offensive guard the Ravens drafted in the middle of last year's draft. Um, he also didn't look terribly impressive. It seemed like he was searching for a guy to block on a lot of plays. We'll have to see with with Bozeman as well. Um, unfortunately, it looks like he he did ec- get a minor ankle injury during the game. So add that to the growing pile of injuries this team has amassed so far. Um, and, but yeah, it is hard to it was hard to gauge Villanueva. It was hard to gauge Bozeman with you know are these guys with Bozeman? Is he trying to compensate because you know he doesn't have Zeitler there and Stanley and then Villanueva? Like we said he's older he's playing right tackle after playing left tackle for his entire career on another team so yeah there's a lot of questions here and it's going to be probably the number one focus I would think of the rest of this preseason is you know how is this offensive line going to be configured and how they're going to do it but you know I feel like we have this conversation a lot most years uh, even midway through the season and, and somehow the coaching staff it doesn't matter who's there they figure out a way to make it work. So I think the Ravens track record from a coaching perspective, you know, they're going to figure out the right mix of guys. And I mean, we, we think we know who the right mix is and most of them weren't out there in this game, but yeah, you know, injuries are going to happen. So want to see some better play from these guys 
Phillips and Powers in particular, because they're probably going to be the first ones called upon um, if there's an injury. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if there's any silver lining in this too, I mean, look, I mean, Lamar not being in there, I think is a huge deal, right? I mean, he just adds that element of, of misdirection to every single run play. And I thought in particular, there, there were a handful of plays, I think, where I was looking at kind of like the right side of the line and it looked like some of the tackles were making the sort of down blocks that you would expect when you have Lamar kind of faking the mesh point handoff in there, right? But you don't have a Lamar back there. They're not even doing that uh, mesh point RPO like at all, right? And so if you're doing that block with a traditional run play, you know, you, you might not be successful because you're going to have the guy like there's he's just going to crash down into the running back. Right. Yeah. Because there's no like he doesn't know he doesn't have to make that decision of who to tackle, you know, the quarterback or the running back. He can just go and tackle the running back because the quarterback's not going to run with it. Right. Um, so there's a, a handful of plays there. Where I'm like, oh, it's just either we, you know, didn't block it correctly or maybe that was just by design and was not meant to be like a successful run play. I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what that was, but when I see a play like that, I'm like, okay, well, if you put in Lamar, you put in a running back in there, like you're going to have some, you're going to fool that player somehow. He's going to make the wrong decision somehow. And then you can make that play. But in this particular configuration, it just didn't make much sense. Certainly. I mean, that there's that element too, but, uh, but yeah, we'll have to see over the next couple of weeks, just, you know, who's going to be able to get healthy at the right times hoping that everybody can come back at least by by week one or within the first couple of weeks and everything will be okay i think just the last thing we got to talk about before uh we wrap up discussion on this game uh justin tucker mid-season form 56 yards like it was nothing love to see it yeah jake yeah jake verity as well um i mean he had a 44 yarder it looked perfect um that was in i think the second First quarter, second quarter, no, second quarter probably, um, and then a, that fifty-three uh, yarder to close out the first half uh, was awesome. I mean, uh, <laughs> I know uh, I think Kfish and I were the only people in our uh, Discord chat at the time, um, but it, both of us immediately after he made that second kick, we were like, "Okay, so who wants to give up a fifth-round pick for this kick?" <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Uh, gosh, can, we, can just... we fleece the Vikings for anything else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. It's uh, dude, it's uh, it's amazing just how the Ravens are able to find some of these position groups. I mean, we're just Tyson Williams, the running back. We we're just talking about him of like, you know, an, another position group of the Ravens have just found success in the undrafted free agent pool. Um, you know, they're just able to find these guys that are really good. And it's just every training camp, they're able to find a kicker. And I mean, Verity, like his kicks look perfect. Right there was like there was I mean there was like there was no win they were perfectly straight right down the middle I mean like you can't get any better than that um, it's it's just a, how are the Ravens able to find this and thirty one other teams aren't be able to find this guy it's crazy I don't know I mean I guess it does help to have a, a, a special teams uh, uh, specialist literally um, as your head coach so <laughs> that's probably part of it but um, yeah I mean it's you got Verity seems like he's adding onto the list of, you know, Gano and, and Lutz and, and Hauschka who, you know, probably going to be guys who are going to have, you know, Verity's probably going to have success at some other NFL franchise, obviously not the Ravens, but uh, yeah, he looked really good. All right. So I guess to close things out, next Ravens game will be at the Carolina Panthers, seven o'clock on Saturday night, just like this past one. I guess what is, what is like the, the three big things we're looking for? from the team in, in this coming game? 
I mean, honestly, I mean, the big one I think for me is is got to be offensive line. Um, just to see those guys string together a few more um, plays, particularly the first, you know, whoever's going to end up playing, you know, first quarter, second quarter, um, you know, be able to create some holes in the run game, be able to get some more guys going. I mean, yeah, this what you mentioned earlier with Dobbins. I mean, three carries, zero yards. Like, I mean, come on, this guy. We know he's a special guy. It's, we know it's not Dobbins who's. <laughs> Who's, who's failing here? I mean, he was trying to make something out of nothing. Um, so I mean, that that I think is the big thing. It's just you know those guys um, improving on their fundamentals, hitting a few more blocks, um, just building on those positive plays. I think that's my number one thing. I think the second thing I'm probably looking for is um, more separation from the uh, from the quarterbacks of you know who's going to get the start. Um, how are how are they going to look? Is is Huntley going to uh, fix some of his accuracy issues um is uh, mcsorley gonna have is he gonna be fully recovered from his back spasms is he gonna look a little bit different um in the game i think that's that's probably the second thing and then i think three just you know some of these depth players that we talked about who had a good game one are they gonna have good game twos are they gonna look like they still belong on this roster are they gonna you know have a setback on a different team and and then all of a sudden look like you know are they even going to make the team, right? Obviously, we want to we want to have these guys, you know, like Brandon Stevens, Geno Stone, Malik Harrison, like all these guys. Like we want them to build on on what they had in this first game and, and continue to look good. Yeah, I think those are all all big things. I think for me, the offensive line is also number one. I also want to th- see uh, continued success from the pass rush. Uh, the Ravens had three sacks and a lot of hurries, and we know that going in, you know going into free agency, we said that was a big. Uh, need for the Ravens um, to so I want to see them get to the quarterback more and then hopefully we can get to to see you know some explosive plays out of the offense um, even if Lamar doesn't play uh, just there re- really weren't in this past game gosh what was the biggest play for the offense yeah it looks like Trace McSorley had a a 22 yard rush. And that was your biggest play from the offense, um, all game. Uh, we want, we, we want to see some more explosion there. Um, even with Lamar out. So yeah, I think, um, those are all going to be th- things that are on the coach's mind as well. And we'll have to see how the Ravens do against the newly minted Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Gosh, well, we'll have to hope that he looks like, uh, Jameis Winston did this past week. <laughs> They continue oh, that preseason streak, 19 games. Hey, I think if we have that, that's uh, that'll even pass the. Uh, it'll be better than the uh, was it 18 and one, uh, 2007 Patriots. We'll finally, have our that's 19 right. and yeah. 0. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man, did not hear anything about the 72 Dolphins uh, watching the Ravens uh, preseason streak, but. <laughs> maybe if we if we wake them up on that they might have something to say about it <laughs> <laughs> probably all right well that was our show for this week our first time this season breaking down a ravens game even if it was preseason it was still great to have live football back uh we should have alec back next episode you know some of us here plan our trips where we make sure that we're here when the football season starts but you know alec gosh i mean come on man a honeymoon you put a honeymoon over making sure you could record for the first preseason game we're just kidding we know we love you it totally was the right decision that was a definitely not a memorable preseason game to watch or to cover but (laughs) 
So this is the time where we tell you to remember to subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and to follow us on Twitter as well as ravensrecap.com and hope you guys will be listening to us for the full season. We've got high hopes for this year and this first game was just a stepping point of a road that hopefully leads the Ravens back to the Super Bowl. So let's see how the rest of the journey unfolds.